hello hello welcome back everybody to the woody allen adjacent project here on the woody allen retrospective podcast i'm your host donald wonder you're back here with me as well as my co-host with the most james daniel walsh so welcome back to the show again how are you doing i'm doing well good 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 on the last recording if you followed us james my memory i'm drawing a blank actually what did we speak about on the last recording what was that movie we spoke about last time Last time we spoke about the Christian Slater movie, Julian Poe. Julian Poe, yes. A movie that I'm, you know what, I'm so glad you enjoyed that one. Uh, got some good feedback about that one. You're talking about that golden oldie, yes. And it was nice to see that the movie did have, like, people that appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I picked a good one that you didn't hate, James. That's always <laughs> my intention, but I can't guarantee that will be the case for future recordings. So we spoke about Julian Poe. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put a link to that discussion so you can go back to that one we're moving forward but don't forget this whole time me and james have been doing this with the allen adjacent project we've got a playlist which you're welcome to check out where we spoke about all these other great movies from all these great actors that we relate to woody allen in some way form or fashion and on this recording we're going to be talking about another movie that james picked but before that before we even get into that i just want to announce that because you're listening to this recording the same day we recorded it usually i take some time out to edit it and you know a couple of days later but not this time we're kind of short for time so if this recording comes out sound a little bit different than the rest <laughs> where we're making a lot of mistakes then we just didn't have the time to edit it so let's see how it goes james it should be interesting but i'm gonna blame you james no matter what happens it's all your fault it's, it's all as, your fault as you should Yes. Yes. yes that's a so on that note, we're going to start by passing the buck to James to let us know what movie did you pick and what will we be speaking about today? Today we will be speaking about the 1991 uh, Sylvester Stallone starring comedy Oscar. Yes. Oscar, that I had no idea about this movie, James. So the first thing I'm going to ask you is where the hell did you find this movie did you see it in this heyday when it was released? Because I'm telling you, I'm, you know, I'm a big Stallone fan in the guise of him being an action hero and all that other stuff. We all know that actors, even when they're, you know, in their niche and they're doing the same, same old thing, once in a while, they'll step out and do something a little bit, you know, surprising. Like Stallone in particular, I remember Copland was one of his big, like, oh my God, he's, doing something even more dramatic and but that was still you know crime and still action so this one you choosing this comedy i've never seen sloan do straight comedy like this before um how did you find out about this movie and where did you where did you find oscar i did see it in the theater when i was a kid my parents uh, took me to go see it i don't remember i think it was their choice they wanted to go see it uh which i i i was a fan of Stallone at the time because I liked the Rambo movies when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, we we this the the trailer for this came out and I guess my parents thought it looked funny and uh, wanted to see a Stallone movie, so we saw it in the theater. You know, I would say at this time in Stallone's career with the whole Rocky and Rambo franchise behind him, you know, anyone would be willing to work with him. You know, this movie kind of shows that, especially the actors on show here. Um, and I think I guess. If I asked you, was it a sold-out theatre, that would be like a no-brainer. Any slow movie at this time in his career, I think would be just sold out. Well, the movie did bomb financially, so it might not have been. But, uh, and I don't think Stallone, Stallone and Schwarzenegger at this, 
this time they were both trying to do comedy and Schwarzenegger was far more successful with it than Stallone was. Very, very Uh, true. You know, but I think it was because Schwarzenegger found, uh, you know, he he did a lot of comedies with uh, Ivan Reitman as a director and Ivan Reitman knew how to use him in something like Twins or Kindergarten Cop. And I don't think Stallone ever found his Ivan Reitman to really help him play to his strengths as a as a comedic uh, performer. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a fair observation. We don't do this all the time, but before we go on to speak about this movie in more depth, why don't we play the trailer? If people are wondering, Oscar, what, what, Oscar? Yeah, it, it was released in 1991, and the trailer, I wouldn't call it misleading, but I think the movie just got a little bit more than the trailer has to offer. I'm going to play the trailer for audience, and then, James, if you don't mind, I'm going to go first and tell you how I felt about Oscar for the first time. Let's listen. The year is 1931, and gangster Snaps Provolone is in control. The police are powerless. His rivals are helpless. No one in the entire city dares to defy him. Except his daughter. I'm a modern 30s woman. Look! Put that away! I'm your father! She'll do anything, anywhere, with anybody. Your daughter and I are lovers. What? Did he tell you I was pregnant? What? Touchstone Pictures presents Sylvester Stallone in the story of a father. What we need is a husband. Trying to find someone. No, look at us! Who will marry his daughter. I've decided to go away to a convent. Well, you're a little late. Maybe it'll be Anthony. But I love Thornton! Or Thornton. I want Oscar! Or Oscar. Who's Oscar? He's got pimples! Couple of dates with you and that'll clear up. But whoever she decides to spend her life with... You mean she's having the chauffeur's baby? It's sure to ruin his life. I just came from Lisa's bedroom. You and everybody else. Sylvester Stallone. Oscar. Yeah, I love the mu- I love the music in this movie. <laughs> Even though it's handpicked to, you know, fit the theme of what they're going for. But let me start by saying I watched this movie with my girlfriend. I don't through the adjacent project, I haven't really been getting my girlfriend to be watch these movies with me because I feel like she wouldn't enjoy some of them. But with the comedies in particular, I thought, why not? Let's see how she feels about it. And I found the movie to be quite delightful, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I found the movie delightful, maybe not for the reasons one might assume. The movie on its own is funny, very humorous, uh, a great cast. But the reason I enjoyed it so much is when I look at Stallone, you know, people know him as that, you know, action, stocky guy, Rocky, uh, Rambo, all those other things, Expendables. So seeing him doing this, <laughs> it really, it, 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 it took me a bit off guard. And me and you spoke about this before we recorded off Mac that, you know, some of his contemporaries might have done better with comedy. But looking at him now, we all, we mock him for his voice and the way he talks. And in this movie, seeing him at his prime, much younger and trying it. I, I like this for all the wrong reasons. Like, it, the acting for him is not great. Yeah. There's so much things going on with his accent here and him trying to be a mafioso. And it's delightful. It's cheesy. And I just think it ages so well because you get to see a young him trying something different. Not exactly falling on his face, but 
it just works. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun. I'll start there. I'll stop there. It's fun, James. So, yeah, I think it's a good pick for now. How do you feel about it? Uh, well, I watched it again this morning uh, just to, to get ready for this. And I've seen it probably about a dozen times because I, I agree. It's just fun. Uh, it's not great. It's I, I think there are a few weak links and an extraordinary cast, but a few weak links. And I think one of them is is Stallone. I mean, yeah. he's uh, he's doing the best he can, and he does have a few funny moments. That uh, there was one part where I again I've seen this movie so many times, but there's a part where he's he's calling somebody and he's trying to sound very proper and he's you know oh you know Nora grabbed the wrong bag. Can you believe that? You know he's trying to sound very proper and then he he just goes yeah this is snaps. Who the hell do you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. I knew it was coming, and it made me laugh really hard. Yeah. Uh, and that came from him. But he's not. Uh, and I think you know, he and he and Schwarzenegger had this friendly rivalry back then, and they you know uh, made all these you know action movies, and were trying to constantly top each other. But when it comes to comedy, uh, I think Schwarzenegger has more of a knack for it than Stallone does. Um, but he, because the, the rest of the cast is so good, I don't think Stallone embarrasses himself or anything. I think he holds his own as, you know, he's not, he's not the comedic performer that Tim Curry is, yeah. um, or, uh, or Don Amici or, you know, Marissa Tomei, but he holds his own well enough and the, the everybody else around him kind of gets the laughs. He plays the straight man for the most part. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, one has to wonder because uh, the, the director, John Landis, originally wanted Al Pacino for the part. Ah, uh, that makes but sense. Pacino was making Dick Tracy at the time. So mm. one has to wonder how it would have turned out if it, if it had been Al Pacino. Because I guess a lot of the test audiences and people, were, they, they were so accustomed to seeing Stallone. I, I was reading uh, uh, an interview with John Landis and he said, that one of the uh, cards after a test screening said, why didn't he take his shirt off and kill anybody? <laughs> so people were, they expected something from, yeah. from a Stallone movie and yeah. they maybe just didn't get it. But it's, it's such a, a, a slight little movie. And you know, the, the way that I came to, to think of it, because uh, the, the closest Woody Allen movie is bullets over Broadway. Sure. Yeah. But that didn't come until after this, by a mm. few years. Uh, I really saw this not necessarily as a movie inspired directly from Woody Allen, as inspired from the same things that inspired him to make yeah. Bullets Over Broadway. Sure, sure. And, if, you know, if we look at Bullets Over Broadway in light of this, you know, well, comparatively, again, Woody Allen has a lot more spectacle in general to what he's doing. And in that movie, there's a lot of things going on. They're trying to make a, a play or movie while all this gangster stuff is going on. Well, this is a lot more stripped down. But the first thing I want to say is that, you know, one of the things I was looking forward to is seeing Sly fall on his face. Like, you know, I was thinking his acting's going to be so bad. It's going to make the movie even funnier. But he kind of rides a line where... It, you know, the times where it's bad, it's like, that's funny. But there's times yeah. where he's genuinely funny on his own. It's like, oh, actually, he's not bad at this. So it's kind of like, you know what? Maybe this would have, 
you know, I can't, I, I can't really fault the guy for trying, and he doesn't do a bad job, and especially all the way now in 2022 when he's done all these other movies, you know, I expected him to fall. I'm actually, I got a little bit more respect for him because I really felt like before watching the movie, he would fall on his face with his premise and be such a horrible actor. But no, he's got enough chops to carry it through to be a believable mob boss. I mean, when the movie opens, you know, he has to make a promise to go on the straight and narrow and his dad is slapping him in the face on his deathbed. It's a funny scene, you know, and he's, it's pulled straight and it's a bit, it's cheesy and it's ironic, but I think it works really well because nowadays, if this movie was done now, again, this obviously this movie is a period piece. It's set in the 30s. If this movie was done in 2022, I'd feel that they would try so hard to make it so authentic. I think I would have got lost in maybe too much of the costume design and the aesthetics. But I feel like in the 90s, they weren't trying as hard to be authentic, but to be entertaining. And here, I feel like all the actors, the it's very stereotypical with, you know, how they de- deliver the Italian idol and, you know, all the different types of Italians and the mob and the police and very stereotypical. I'm sure people be offended now about, uh, about that. But for some reason, I feel like this being done in 2022, it would just be even worse than it being done in... I don't know. I feel like the 90s executed it a little bit more believably than now. I just feel like if this was done now, I I just feel like people would be stepping on too many toes to be a bit more realistic. To summarise, what I'm trying to say is that being stereotypical works. Being stereotypical works in this case, where I feel like today they will try to be a lot more authentic and maybe even gritty. And for a comedy, I don't think you need to do all that. And in the 90s, we could be forgiven for being a lot more stereotypical and crass. And I think this movie touches on a lot of those things really well. It's very entertaining. I was very pleasantly surprised. I'll go into more other elements, James, but how did you feel seeing some of these actors in this movie? Do you feel like, apart from Stallone, which you already mentioned, a little bit shoddy, do you feel like the other actors just elevated it because they were so much better than him? Or do you think they just was better at executing their roles? Uh, I think that everybody is is pretty good in this, except for uh, I, I never did like uh, particularly, and these are these are major roles, so it is a bit of a problem for me. Uh, Vincent Spano as uh, Anthony the the uh, accountant. I didn't. I, I never really cared for him. I thought he, he wasn't mm-hmm. funny in it. You could have gotten somebody who was maybe better. And his love interest. Uh, uh, who, the the character of Teresa, who I also thought was, her acting seems particularly awful to me. Like I, every scene she's in, I don't believe a word that comes out of her mouth. Uh, and those are again, it's the, it, that to me, it's what kind of keeps this movie from being great is that those are major roles. And and then you see, but the the good thing is is that they're also because. Those two are sort of the love interests. Um, they don't really get in the way of the other actors too much because, you know, you'll have most of the time spent with uh, Marissa Tomei, who I think is really funny in this. Uh, Tim Curry, who is hilarious in this yeah. and who every line he has makes me laugh. And in another sort of bullets over Broadway connection, Chaz Palminteri, who 
is playing almost the same character that he plays in Bullets Over Broadway. Like yes. A very similar kind of a character. That, and, that was Cheech. Uh, that was Cheech in Bullets yeah. Over Broadway, wasn't it? I thought so. I knew that was him. Yeah. And, and this was sort of the trial run for Bullets Over Broadway for him. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, in another Woody Allen connection, and people forget this, Stallone was in, was it Was it was Bananas, wasn't it? I think Stallone so. In? I think yeah. so. Oh, he was, he was, you're right, I remember. Well I done, James. I don't think he had a speaking role. Uh, he's just sort of like a tough guy on a train who kind of bullies Woody Allen a little you're bit. You're 100% <laughs> well done. You have to get a round of applause for that. Because in my head, I was thinking that was the case, but I just couldn't remember. Wow. James yeah. is a true Woody Allen fan, guys. <laughs> well, that, that to me, when I saw Bananas for the first time, I was like, I had to rewind it because I was like, was that Sylvester Stallone? Yeah. And it, it's really weird because he's pre-Rocky. And so he's not a big star. He was just basically like an extra in it. But, you know, he, that 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 is Stallone. <laughs> But the, there's a lot of, you know, we when we uh, talk about these movies sometimes, you know, I always say that it's it's a shame what's happened to Woody Allen because there's so many performers that I wish he had gotten a chance to work with. And I, I think Tim Curry would have been great in a, in a Woody Allen movie. I think Tim yeah. Curry, that, uh, I don't know how their paths never crossed because that would have been, he, 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 I, can, I can hear Woody Allen dialogue coming out of his mouth and it'd be really funny. When I compare this to a Woody Allen film, like I said before, apart from the spectacle, um, I guess we would have seen maybe more dynamic shots, more scenes in particular, because most of this movie takes place in one mansion. Yeah. I would say 95% of it takes place in one mansion. And you've got the characters coming in and out. Now, one thing I said about the trailer, where I said it was slightly misleading. When you hear the trailer, you feel like it's going to solely revolve around Salone's daughter, trying to get her married off. But I think there's a, there's a little bit more at play here. That's a big part of it. But he's also juggling some money mishaps that is caused by him and his henchmen. So there's layers to the, the, the fool, foolishness going on here. And a lot of it is dialogue-driven. Most of this movie is just dialogue-driven. The characters coming in and out, the different stereotypical Italian mobster dialects. And it just really plays off well, well off each other. Like I was watching this with my girlfriend, and she was just laughing at the back and forth, the banter back and forth, how they go back and forth with the lines, and her little confusion. It, it's just so light in in what it's doing, but it just works so well. It's so fun, and you know you do not need a lot to be entertaining. But I found myself quite surprised because I was expecting, I was actually expecting a gangster movie from this as well a lot more violence but it's really light-hearted and it's shot well i'm trying to figure out other things it's a, another one of those movies i don't have a lot of criticism for because it's quite small scale it's quite focused on what it's doing but what it does it does really well but i will say the cast is just wow like yeah. tim curry when i saw tim curry i first couldn't place him because he's so much younger than I've seen him recently. I was like, who's this wide eye? I know this guy. And then when he was he was playing, which I thought was amazing, um, uh, like a dialect coach or an English coach, trying to help Stallone get into his new uh, new role. 
And, you know, I think one of the the things that is kind of self-evident when we're making fun of Stallone is that, oh, he can't talk properly. So the fact that he's trying to learn how to talk properly to fit into culture in this movie, it was like another layer of hilarity for me. Like, wow, he's actually trying to learn how to speak better. And the scene between him and Tim Curry, it was absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this movie probably got a lot of criticism back in the day because it is so slight. It's, it, is, it is an undemanding movie. It's not asking you to. There's there's no like dramatic scenes in it at all. Uh, even the sort of dramatic scenes are played for laughs. Where it's you know uh, Tim Curry and Marissa Tomei falling in love, and it's there's it it's just supposed to make you laugh. It's not it, it, and it does kind of harken back to a kind of comedy that wasn't being made, you know, in the '90s, and certainly isn't being made anymore. Uh, where it, you're right. If it was made now, there might be too much like, well, we have to address the fact that, you know, he's a gangster and people kill each other and stuff. These movies were, were sort of like, you just take that for granted and then you just sort of push it away. Like, you don't have to get too in-depth about the fact that Stallone is a murderer, you know, or that the people that work for him are murderers. You don't have to really, it's, that's not what the movie's about. And, uh, you know, it, there's a scene with uh, two, two performers who I think also steal every scene they're in, which is uh, Martin Ferraro and uh, Harry Shearer as the Fanucci brothers. Yeah. Um, and who are, who are, you know, Stallone's tailors who come to make him a soup. Uh, I guess we haven't talked about the plot, really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I don't matter yeah. exactly because we're skimming. Cause it's it's kind of straightforward. But James, please yeah. go ahead and well, tell everyone the plot. It's straightforward until it isn't, uh, yeah. which is sort of part of the fun. Where it's you know on his deathbed, Kirk Douglas, who plays uh, Stallone's father, uh, wants him to go straight. So Stallone has decided he's going to invest in a bank and he's going to go straight. He's going to be a, a upstanding citizen, and all of this sort of chaos ensues on the day that he's supposed to meet with the bankers uh his daughter you know uh tells her that she's pregnant she's not really pregnant and he finds out that his accountant has been stealing from him and his accountant wants to take the money and marry his daughter but it turns out that it's not his daughter he wants to marry it's a woman who's pretending to be his daughter and you know there's a a running gag with a a, a bag full of jewels get passed around and um and then these two uh, tailors who come in, the Panucci brothers, who are there to make him his suit so he can meet with the bankers. And uh, every word that comes out of their mouths is funny. And there's a particularly funny moment where, you know, Stallone has told his accountant that they are uh, uh, hitmen. And, you know, they're very proud of their suit that made it into the newspaper because the mobster who was wearing it got gunned down. So, yeah. you know, they're, you know, the, the accountant is really, he's, he's scared of them what they're, because he's been told they're mad dog killers and they show him, they show him the, the newspaper clip. They can see, you know, this is, see we're famous. We made it to the newspaper. Yeah. And it's, it's just a lot of like, a lot, you know, it, it's a kind of comedy that I think people, they've become, they think they have become too sophisticated for. Yes, because 
it's it's supposed to be they, they might say well all it would take is for one person to you know say the right thing and all of this would fall apart but that's the fun of it the fun yeah. of it is that nobody says the one thing that would clear up the entire misunderstanding and uh again it's sort of people might roll their eyes at it now and go, oh no that would really happen well no you're watching a movie and in the movie this is what's happening and it is a screw screwball comedy yeah uh, just like the the movies that inspired woody allen and just like Woody Allen's first several movies, they yes. are screwball comedies. The early funny ones. The early funny ones. This would have been one. I don't think Woody would have made the movie exactly like. You know what this this is? Mm. This is like, it's like the movie within a movie in Purple Rose of Cairo. Yes, exactly that. Yes. That's exactly, that's perfect. I agree. And it's an entertaining movie. You are 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed every minute of it. And you know what, James? Actually, when I there was a face I saw, and this guy was hamming it up. Peter Riker, Riker, yeah. he was just hamming it up so much. He was playing like the doorman, and I think we would recognize him most from the mask, yeah, because he was a guy chasing Jim Carrey in the mask. And man, he was just so funny. He's a just the most stereotypical gangster guy with the accent. Every side comment, he was rude to uh, Sylvester Stallone through the whole movie and just the doorman. He got, he was the crux of a lot of the mix up with the bags and stuff. And yeah, I was just like, you can't, you can't make a movie like this anymore because people just take shit too seriously. They're being, you know, offensively stereotypical today. But, you know, I like seeing them in these costumes. That's like, you know, seeing them as a throwback movie in the 30s, you know, because they don't move locations much. You know, that's something you've got to swallow. Like, you don't really see them going around to different hideouts and stuff like that. So, you know, it's questionable if you can really suspend your disbelief to really believe that this is a 30s movie. But it doesn't matter. They're all speaking the lingo. There's someone singing uh, uh, um, opera in the background. Part of the intro with the little cartoon uh, opening was that. <laughs> yeah, it's you know you've got uh, a, another good performance is Kurt Wood Smith as yep. the uh, the uh, lieutenant who's who's determined to bust Stallone and the other gangsters who think Stallone is up to something and the cops think he's up to something and uh, and it's you know there's there's lots of great moments where whether it's. Uh, Don Amici is the priest or Chaz Palminteri, where they're trying to catch up with what's happening because the characters are completely lost because things are happening right behind their backs sometimes. And, you know, uh, it's like I said, it's not, it's not a, it's not a perfect movie because I do think that you could have, you could have cast somebody better than Stallone. Uh, yeah. Stallone does his best. And I don't, like I said, I don't think he embarrasses himself by any no. means. But, you know, you, you could have cast somebody who uh, who maybe has some better comedic timing than he does. I always thought that Stallone was, I mean, if you compare him and, again, the, the, the one you can compare him to best is Schwarzenegger. Even in the action movies, Schwarzenegger got the one-liners. Stallone tried to have the one-liners, and they didn't ever really land. I, ca I can't think of one 
Stallone one-liner from a, from one of his movies where that was particularly memorable, and yet I can think of a dozen from Schwarzenegger. I can only uh, think of one legendary Stallone quote because the movie was so bad. It's like one of the worst lines delivered in the movie ever. I am the law. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be the only one. And yeah. yeah, that's a terrible, terrible. That's a movie. terrible <laughs> movie that uh, that had to be redone later, and that didn't say the movie. But let's. I want to veer off topic slightly and say this. So while you were talking, and while everything you said about Schwarzenegger, I feel is correct about being the superior action comedian. I was curious. Just jumped on Google and I put in Sly Stallone comedy movies. Now, Jesus Christ, I was like, wow, I forgot yeah. that. Some of them he tried were stinkers. Now, yeah. the first one that comes is Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. My yeah. God. Yeah. My I don't God. think I've ever gotten all the way through that. Oh, my God, that's bad. The yeah. next one, Tango and Cash. Yeah, I mean, I guess it is sort of, a, it's an action comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, the next one, I know you. I know what you're going to say. It is, in my mind, an action comedy, but Stallone's not responsible for the comedy, and that's Demolition Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one of the great, in my, in my opinion, action comedies, but it's not Stallone that's given... Well, you could debate he has one or two quirky lines, but I love that movie. I love Demolition Man. Yeah, I, I do too. I love Demolition I, I have a... I... I... I tried to love Tango and Cash. It's not a terrible movie, but it's not a very good movie either. But Demolition Man's great. Oh, my God. So, yeah. And lastly, they have one here where I'm like, this, again, this is more a very, very self-aware movie, which I do enjoy a lot, which is Grudge Match. Yeah, that that one's that one's pretty good. And it's older Stallone. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's not trying to be he, he he's not actually even particularly funny in it it's more no. the hero that they, they give the comedy to yeah and you're laughing at them really yes for that movie you're laughing at them so so yeah i know this is kind of another short one but i think this is a really good overall movie fun and i think especially it's one of those movies when i was watching it i love to see a young slice and do something different work of all these actors I never knew he worked with doing a, a period piece screwball comedy with stereotypical overacted Italian gangsters I was like what a delight what a delight you know my girlfriend liked it I liked it and I'm just like it's a, to me this is the definition of a hidden gem it's not amazing as you said multiple yeah. times James it's not amazing but I found this a delightful surprise and more than anything I'm kind of shocked that Slice Alone did a fall on his face making this movie. So regardless of the movie not making money, because what I was going to say is when you watched it originally, everyone expected something else like you already said. So when the word got out, this was not anything like that. Definitely, I can definitely see this movie bombing because of that. But fast forward to 2022, you heard about Slice Alone making this gangster mafia comedy from the 90s you see marissa tomei and all these actors that what a delight i yep. think this is a hidden gem definition of a, definition of a hidden gem go check this one out it's light it's fluffy it's funny and you'll see a lot of great actors from the 90s and the 2000s which you might be surprised did this movie so james great recommendation i had a lot of fun with this one and it's a for me a crowd pleaser movie all around and one actor who has a very small part, but you, you'll know the voice when you hear it. 
is Arlene Sorkin as uh, the other gangster's manicurist doing her Harley Quinn voice yeah. about four years before uh, Batman the Animated Series debuted. That is, as soon as I heard it, I said that to my girl. I said, that is Harley Quinn right there. Yeah. It's clear as day, amazing. So, yeah. There's one other thing I wanted to say, and I will. I um I hate reality television. I hate it to death. My girl and my friends will tell you that. <laughs> Sly Stallone is the only man who made a reality show I love. It was called The Contender. Did you ever hear about the show? Yeah, I remember it. Did you ever watch it? I don't think I did, but I do remember it. Really great show. It was released in like 2006 or something. And I clearly remember, and again, this is just an aside, not related to the movie. I clearly remember it was a reality show about boxers trying to make it big. And there was nothing sensational about it. It was just these hard-knuckled boxers trying to win big. And so much... It was... It was very sad. I think in the second season, one of them actually killed themselves as well. And I will yeah. never forget, there was a scene where one of the the boxers, the guys who was coming up, one of the contestants said to Sly Stallone, do you ever think you'll make another Rocky movie? And then Sly Stallone was like, hey, hey what do you think I'm going to do? Fall off? Well, let's not do for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Two years later, he made Rocky Balboa. Yeah. And then after that, he made The Expendables. And then after that, he basically has to stop making movies. So, <laughs> got ended up with an Oscar nomination for playing Rocky in uh, the first Creed. In Creed, exactly. So, you never know. Never call it quits. Never count them out. And Sly Stallone's got a great career. And this was a great pick. So, James, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I did. Have you got any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? Just that, you know, I, I, I know Stallone's got a new show coming out where he plays a gangster. And uh, really? he's got to give. He's got. It's, uh, I think it's on Paramount Plus or something. That there's a, some show coming out where he's going to play a gangster. And uh, you know, I other than uh, Oscar, I can't think of any other time where he he played a gangster. And you got to give him credit where he's you know this Italian actor. And he said, "Yeah, I'm sure he got offered them. I'm sure he got offered those parts a lot." He was just like, "No, nope, I, I I don't want to play those parts. I, I I I got a lot of respect for Stallone." I, I always thought Stallone was, uh, he seems like a pretty stand-up guy and uh, self-made man. And uh, I, I just, anything he's in, I'll watch except for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> I'm still kind of shocked how much I really enjoyed that movie. Well, it really was a delight, man. So guys, check that one out if you haven't heard of it. I saw it pretty much like on not on the streaming services. Once again, it's a harder one to find, but I just see it available to purchase on iTunes and Google Play for like two bucks. So, I'd, I honestly, any fan of Stallone needs to go back and check out this movie. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, on that note, James, it's my turn again. The next movie, before we get to our little announcement, the next movie that we're going to be talking about next time is a movie. Based on a play with two actors I like quite a lot, actually. One of these actors we've spoken about before. One of them is Paul Rudd. The second actor or actress is Rachel Wise. They did a play back in the early 2000s that got made into a movie by the director and the playwright themselves. And the movie is called The Shape of Things. Does that ring a bell? Uh, no. Not at cool. all. <laughs> That's the next movie we're going to be talking about. So, guys, 
it was somewhat controversial, to be honest with you, but the director has made some really controversial movies. Uh, James, is there any... Oh, yeah, actually, what am I talking about? Is there anything else to do? We've got an announcement to make, James. We do, yes. <laughs> I guess we'll hint, hint at it a little bit. And I will say this. So I think whenever, as a creator, you're working on projects long-term, you meet different people, you collaborate with different people, and sometimes it's time to pivot. Sometimes it's time to make a change. And um, I've been part of, in, in you know, on the periphery of working in James's collective, James managed a website we've mentioned many, many times. It's been around for a decade now called Manic Expression. You know, it was a collective of people sharing their thoughts and projects together. And, you know, he wants us to, he proposed something that I've agreed to. And to be perfectly honest with you, I kind of think it's a good change up. Um, and it's a good opportunity for us to collaborate a bit more with other creators and um, I will, I'm being a little bit vague right now, guys, but stay tuned because it's going to affect my YouTube channel where we host the podcast currently. But I think the change is good, but it's nothing to be worried about. There's no real disruption. We're just making a change. And I just want to say we'll announce it properly over the next month, over the next six weeks, we'll do a proper, proper announcement. But right now we're still trying to sort things out and, put things in place but i just want to let you know listening now there's going to be a few changes with how we do things on youtube um and i'm happy to contribute and it's all good i think it's for the better and it's not only going to elevate our content here but it's going to help us support some of our fellow creators and i'm excited because i feel like it's a new chance to collaborate and do as well as do what we're doing here with the woody allen adjacent stuff work on maybe even new things as well so for me personally as a creator i'm excited to do this with james in this new little new venture uh yes that's you know that's that's my thoughts on it so far but james do you want to take the lead and continue from what i said well this will be uh uh i i see this really as the next evolution of what we started with manic expression uh and uh we've got some great people on board and uh, I think it's going to be really exciting. And the hope is, is that we will be launching this in August. So there will be more of an announcement uh, in next month's podcast as yeah. far as what exactly we're doing. That's fine. But I just wanted to pre-warn people. And I know this, this podcast is going out today, the same day we're recording. So, you, you know, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of information to be had right now. But just stay tuned. And to be perfectly honest with you, James, I actually think people on my YouTube channel are actually going to like this because I've somewhat changed my YouTube channel into the Woody Allen channel, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which a lot of other people like talk about the other stuff. So it's going to be a way where I actually can give the people on my channel what they want and not just flood it with one thing. So it actually makes sense. But, you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, James, I appreciate um, the invitation to to do that, and I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, listeners, watchers, stay tuned for us to elaborate more upon that in the coming weeks. So, with that said, James, where can the people find you if they need to get in contact with you? As always, manic-expression.com, and my books are available on Amazon. Yep, um, I didn't mention this at the 
top of the podcast, but we do have a Patreon, continuing Patreon, and we really appreciate. But, um, you know, we should appreciate any any support you can give, whether you're subscribing, even a comment, sharing with other people. And one thing I do like is that every now and again, we get a string of comments. I, would, I just found a podcast, and it's really cool you guys are talking about Woody Allen from maybe not a snotty-nosed point of view like some of my other fa- i got this i don't know if i ever told you this james and i'm only going to bring this up to bulk out the time because this, this is a bit of a shorter podcast so why don't i give the people a little bit more well that it's good because uh, like i i just thought of something too what i almost forgot to mention since this is a woody allen podcast is that uh woody seems to be having a pretty good 2022 he has a new book out uh that that, that just came out um I think it's called Mere Anarchy. Is that the title? of No, Zero Gravity, I think, is the title of it. Okay. And uh, it's a book of essays, that, the, like the, some of the, his previous books that he's put out. And I just learned uh, the other day, he has a new movie that he is going to be shooting starting in September. Uh, and I guess it's all set to go. It's confirmed. Uh, he'll be shooting it in Paris. It will be his 50th movie. And according to him, probably his last yes so just picking up from what you put down right there i did see that alec baldwin apparently did an interview with woody allen on instagram live i haven't seen it yet but apparently that's what woody allen did say a lot of the fun a lot of the zeal for this has just died down for him and he really feels like he's wrapping up his film career now and you know i honestly did want him to end his film career on his own terms so you know, I don't know if this movie you're talking about will be his last, but I'm glad to hear that even if he stops doing movies, he'll do books, he might do plays. You know, that's great. So, yeah, did you did you read Zero Gravity? Uh, well, I just got it uh, when it came out, I think a week ago or so, and I haven't gotten a chance to sit down and read it yet, but it's, it's sitting on my desk waiting to be read. Awesome. So, yeah, I will put a link to Willie Allen's latest book, Zero Gravity, in the description you want to i'm just i'm actually looking at it right now now one thing i love about woody allen by the way is he is a fan of audiobooks as you know he's made audio versions of almost all of his books all of his short plays all of his little scripts there's so many of them including his memoir which we both listened to and spoken about so i'm interested to see if zero gravity is on audible it probably is but i'm just gonna type audible in google and does it come up uh no not at this time but let's watch this space and see what happens but yeah i'm you know i'm glad to hear Willie Allen still putting stuff out there that is great and um i think the next time we do a recording we would see what how that well we'll, we'll give our thoughts on the woody allen alec baldwin um interview yeah i haven't um, heard it yet yeah neither have i and yeah um that's cool that is great but one thing I will say, I thought he was actually meant to be releasing prior to the movie you just mentioned. I thought there was another movie in production just before this one. So I don't know. I know. I, I remember hearing a while ago that he he had planned to make a movie and that it would be in Paris. So I don't know if this is the same one, but he says that this is a this, this one's a drama. It's not a comedy. okay. 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 Well, we'll stay tuned for that, James. Thank you for the heads up on that. And I don't know. Uh, I think that's it. Have we got anything else? We know what we're going to be talking about next month. We know where we can find you. 
is that all we got before we sign off, James? I believe so. I believe that's it then. So, guys, thanks for listening. As always, thanks for all the support. We'll see you on the next recording. Take care of yourselves and uh, bye-bye for now.